This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. If the game is boring, we can always turn to One Nation with Brian Kilmeade, which is also <laughs> on, on. Uh, Saturday That nights. is not... Any, are you kidding? <laughs> is that my introduction? Did you... Pre-think that? Can you redo that? <laughs> if the game is boring, what is wrong with you? I have a feeling you're going to be watching the uh, the Miami. Uh, if you have insomnia, <laughs> put on. If you have insomnia, put on Frank, and hopefully you're sleeping. I've heard that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that actually. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, of course, is a New York Times best-selling author, uh, and his latest book about uh, Booker T. Washington and Theodore Roosevelt is essential reading. Also, the uh, co-host of Fox and Friends, and the host of one of the most listened to nationally syndicated radio programs in the country. Who do you like in that game, Brian? Kansas City, Miami. Kansas City. Kansas uh, City. Miami hasn't played well. Yeah. Uh, hasn't played well at all. Um, and uh, the weather makes a difference. Even if you are somebody that grew up in the Midwest, I feel it. I mean, I know uh, if you go to a cold climate, no matter even if we grew up in New York and or upstate New York and you're used to being cold, it doesn't take long to get used to the warm. And you just don't want a part of it. So... I think that it'll definitely have an effect, and I think Kansas City wins. Plus, this is it's really hard. We you follow sports when you win championships, it's so hard to get up for the regular season, mm-hmm. especially when you know you're heading in the right direction. Looks like you're locking up the division, and Kansas City, I think, knows how to turn it on. Um, Cleveland's favored by two and a half over Houston, or as we New Yorkers say, Houston. How do you call that game? I'm sorry, you broke up. You Cle- I said Cleveland is favored by two and a half over Houston. How do you pick that one? Cleveland, I, they've they've done. Un- I've, I've, wa- I've managed to watch the, their last two games or two of the last three. I can't believe how solid that team is. It snuck up on everybody, and to think it's going to be Joe Flacco is unbelievable yeah. to Jet fans. Hey, I mean, think about this. I know. Um, he, I think he. I didn't I think he had one win as a Jet. I think there is uh, some political news, so I'll make this my last football-related question. Nick Saban announcing his retirement as the uh, coach of the University of Alabama. I'm sure you've gotten to interview Nick Saban, or at least meet him a few times over the years. This man's an institution at the University of Alabama. Now, thankfully, he still has that gig working for Pat McAfee. Uh, Give me your your perspective on his legacy as uh, 17 seasons of the coach of the Crimson Tide. You know, he said some, I, I always like, what I think is most important with him, he t- tends to address more than football. And he makes a lot of statements about life and things you do. And like he always uses that moment after the game or when they, there's a lot of attention in the beginning of the season to say things about life. So I appreciate that. He's a disciple of, of, of Bill Belichick, did not have any success with the Dolphins, has built a great program. But Frank, this is what I do know. He wants no part of what football is now. Hmm. These guys walking up to him at the end of the season saying, I'm going to the portal unless you get me more money, is, is an anathema to him. He wants no part of this new game. And he, this is what did it. And in fact, I talked to a guy he played football with, Joe Manchin, a couple of weeks ago. And they're trying to work on some type of structure because right now it's a Wild West in football. Even top-level 
football programs, LSU, Alabama, they all want some type of parameters. It's out of control. Thousands of kids just go into the portal if your team lost or you didn't start every game or your coach yelled at you. It's, uh, I know that for a long time it was out of balance. These kids weren't getting any money, and if they signed cards like Johnny Manziel, they were suspended for a year, mm. yet they were selling Johnny Manziel's jersey in the bookstore. That was wrong, but right now they need structure. I, that's why I think he's leaving. I don't think he's burnt out of the job at all. The job is changing, and he wants no part of it. And uh, I have never had a chance to interview him, but oh. I think that he'll be part of a network. He's 72 years old. He's part of a network. He'll be part of a network soon. I mean, if Urban Meyer can get a job and these other guys, uh, there'll be a bidding war for him, even though he's somewhat understated. So I, I think it's the changing game that, that he wants no part of. I had no idea that Joe Manchin played uh, football with Nick Saban. That's wild. I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, but I, I am. All right. Uh, let me ask you about the uh, upcoming Super Bowl of politics or the playoffs of politics, maybe is a more apt description. Last night we had uh, President Trump do this uh, town hall meeting on a Fox News channel. Obviously, it seems like uh, recently, just like in 2016, he's had sort of a love-hate relationship with Fox News. He's seems to be getting uh, pretty solid grades from Republican primary voters that watch this. I'm sure you checked it out, Brian. What was your impression? Wow. Uh, was he good? And he was relaxed. I mean, that was the guy that was hosting The Apprentice. And it just reminded me of that guy. You know, he was funny. He was uh, reflective, as reflective as Trump will ever be. For us, it's non-reflective, but for, the, for him, very reflective. He had a lot of supporters, but they weren't sycophants mm. in the audience. Um, and it wasn't, you know, what I love about these town halls, I think Martha and uh, Brett did a great job of it. It's really not their town hall. It's really the people's town hall. So he'll follow up on questions and have the facts and have the news. But the people really drove that story. A couple of things he did that I think stood out. Number one, he said, look, I'm pro-life, but the country isn't. And he basically said that. So I got to work out something. We can't keep losing elections. And he said it to the woman who said, I don't think you're pro-life enough. That was cool. He clarified, which we all know he didn't have to, but with most of the people, he's not a dictator. He was having some fun with Hannity when he said, oh, right. the first I'll day I'm going to the wall one, start right. drilling. I'll be a dictator. But they've been, as you know, Frank, maybe you don't. You don't flip around. I do. And they always keep saying he admitted he's a dictator. What are the proof you want to need? So I thought I thought that was uh, I thought that was important, and I don't even think that he had that normal hate he had for Christie, being that Christie has dropped out, and he even says Ron's just about done, and the hot mic moment said everything. The other thing that he came out with him, he said on the seven trillion dollar debt, he said, "Listen, I was paying it down. I'm not too sure about that. But we were en route with that tax reform kicking in, but I had to flood the 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 country with money because of COVID. Why do people keep forgetting that?" Uh, number two, he said um, he, he he said about NATO, I'm not going to drop out of NATO if they pay. So anyone who wants to say he's going to drop out of NATO and be an isolationist, no, if they pay, I'll do it. Nobody really, including Barack Obama, has not expressed frustration about the rest of NATO not getting to 2% uh, on their GDP, 2% of their, their spending on GDP. So I thought that that was, I thought that was pretty cool. I also uh, thought he came out and said something that I thought was important and I hope is true. I'm not there for retribution. I'm going to be too busy fixing the country to worry about retribution. You know, even though he's come out and had fun in his rallies, that has been one of those points that his enemies have used and analysts have brought up that he's going to spend the whole time getting people back. 
And nobody needs that. I, I want him to defend himself. I want him to gut these agencies. But if it's personal vendetta, or it's not working sure. for the country, and he sure. made that clear. So I thought that thought he made progress there. I'm not sure. Uh, obviously, you have uh, tough hours as as I do. I'm not sure how much of the uh, Nikki Haley Ron DeSantis debate, if any, you got to watch since it was on at the. Oh, you so you did. Give me your take on uh, DeSantis Haley. What'd you think? DeSantis and Haley, I thought they had a few opportunities just to clarify each other. They're not really lying. They say Nikki Haley was tight with China. Well, when Nikki Haley was governor of South Carolina, there was a debate, even on our shows, you know, is China an enemy or a competitor? There was a legitimate debate on in both aisles. You know, Chuck Schumer was a little bit tougher than George Bush on on China. They say, you know, we can bring these guys in. They need the market economy. They need us. We need them. We don't need one. We don't really want another Cold War. That was a debate. That debate is switched. Just say it. Just say it. China has shown themselves. They are clearly an enemy and beyond a competitor. The world has changed in 12 years ago when I was governor. Instead, they keep saying, I, I was with China. I'm not with China. And just say, Ron DeSantis, the people of Florida do not want you drilling off the coast. The most conservative people don't. They just don't want to see the windmills. They want to see the Everglades preserved, the most uh, conservative person. That doesn't mean you're environmentalist and you're anti-drilling. Just say, in Florida, there's mandates against me drilling off the coast because of the need to get the, the, the people that don't want to risk the possible problems that could happen with oil spills that could uh, sully the beaches. And, you know, you open yourself up to saying, well, why is it good for this? Coast? I got it. So, well, listen, that's the people of Florida. I'm not looking to jam my agenda down people's throats that don't want it. And and uh, I, th- I just thought instead of doing that, they just said, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. There was a lot of bickering. And, man, if there's anything abundantly clear, these two will not be friends after and they will never run together. When you say I set up a website that says uh, Ron DeSantis is lies or whatever it is, she must have said it 50 times. It really went over the top. Uh, about how many Ron and I don't look at Ron DeSantis as a liar. Even if the Trump fans are listening to us right now, no one looks at Donald uh, Ron DeSantis and goes liar. It just doesn't fit him. So I don't think that Governor Haley saying he's a liar over and over again really works. But listen, she's different. She came out and said, "This is where I'm different. We're going to for the 20 year olds right now. We have to raise the retirement age, and that's different. Trump does want a part of that, and DeSantis wants no part of that." And he said, the other thing is, it's worth back in Ukraine because uh, they've killed 900,000 Russians. They just want our bullets. They don't want our fighters. And if we don't fight them, they're, they're going to be attacking NATO nations next. We're going to have no choice. It's in our interest to fight. And DeSantis won't commit to that. The J.D. Vances of the world, Laura Ingrams, those traditional, the new, I guess the new Republican Party wants no part of Ukraine. So I, she's, she's not budging from that. And I think that's where those are the two main differences. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Uh, in Washington, there's been an agreement to have to continue to keep the government open. There's this uh, new spending deal. You have the Democrats and the Republicans in Congress come to an agreement on a $1.65 trillion spending deal. Uh, this is the first major deal that the House Speaker Mike Johnson has made with the Democrats since taking over the role. It does look pretty similar to the deal that President Biden had with former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy back uh, for you know last year, which led to him being ousted. Some of those yeah. same people that led that McCarthy ouster, they're not too happy with this Johnson deal either. Give me your take on the deal itself and what becomes of the belligerent folks that are unhappy with this. Well, I know that you like my show. The only show you like better than mine is yours, and you always tell me how much more you like me than you like me better than Sid. That's true. So you know that Chip Roy was on Monday, and he basically said, if this is true and those numbers are correct, I like Johnson, but he's probably there's already talk about ousting him. So I don't know if he's following through with that. If that was just, uh, you know, he was uh, he was competing. He was actually campaigning for Ron DeSantis at the time. He called in from Iowa, so I didn't spend a lot of time on this. But they, guys, I hate to tell you, he has no choice. Government shutdown works for no one. You could hold out and say, unless I get this border deal done, H.R. 2 passed, we don't fund the government. But I have news for you. They have one extra vote right now because Steve Scalise is incapacitated. He's going through, I think, a bone marrow transplant. Mm -hmm. So he's down. They won't get McCarthy's seat uh, fixed. Ron, you know, the Santos seat is they're competing for it now. So he's got one vote extra. What do you want him to do? So he's going to need Democratic votes because people are going to bail on it. But the Congress people from New York are going to have no problem with it. Nobody wants to outspend the revenue. But the, you can't you have to know when you can prevail. You know, so I don't I think he has no choice. And I think that anybody in that job, um, including the, the congressman from Montana who doesn't want to sign on to anything, if you have that job as speaker, you can be very conservative, but you go in there, you go fight, you make sure you, you get what you need on defense, you, uh, could, the best you could do on discretionary spending. But for the most part, they agreed on the top line they got to work out the details because shutting down the government in an election year especially will destroy the Republicans. Hunter Biden showed up in Washington yesterday in Couldn't the midst of a, of a hearing. There. I think it was the Oversight Committee, not greeted too warmly by the Republican members of that <laughs> committee. Here was a Congressman, Republican Congressman from South Carolina, Nancy Mace. You are the epitome of white privilege coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls. She went further... I think that uh, that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. 
There you go. Uh, Nancy Mace not leaving any guessing as to where she comes down on that. Um, You know, what was interesting is that when Marjorie Taylor Greene started speaking, Hunter Biden walked out with his attorney, Abby Lowell, and all the cameras followed Hunter and Abby Lowell and carried that live instead of what Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying. Is this a um, theatrical masterstroke by Hunter Biden? If not, what was this? I feel dear. I feel 180 degrees different. For him to show up, uh, he's not helping himself, number one, because the story that he has to tell is horrendous. And nobody cares about him being a drug abuser, womanizer, hooker lover, uh, and lying about it, and lying about his laptop and suing the people that brought it forward. But it all is how his business deals relate to his dad. And see how that story has evolved. And I was on with Julian Epstein. If you go to foxnews.com, they wrote up the story. He's a Democratic attorney that used to be the attorney for that very committee. And he used to work with Abby Lowell. He happened just to be on. I was in D.C. yesterday. And he said, this is a a PR stunt and it's dumb. And I go, why do you think it's dumb? He said, because it's up to the committee to decide if you're front and center or if you're behind closed doors. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Don Jr. was behind closed doors like six times. You know, and he could said, I want to go in front of people. You think that Adam Schiff would have said, "Okay, Don, let's go in front of people. No, he waited. They they never testified publicly. So what you do is you get your basically deposition. You talk, you know, the way it works behind closed doors. You could talk to me or you for a half hour, 40 minutes. And they go turn around and said, "Okay, uh, Moskowitz, what do you want? We'll finish up. So you go ahead and you depose and you put him under oath. Like, for example, Georges Burgess, who the hell is he? He's the art dealer. What does he do? Well, he is the art dealer for Hunter Biden. Behind closed doors, not in front of everyone, they asked him under oath, did you ever talk to the president about his son's art? He goes, yeah. Who were the president? Did, did, uh, did Hunter Biden know the people buying his art? Because they said he didn't. He goes, he knew 70% of the people buying his art. Did you know that he was the person who got and bought his art? This Naftali woman? She was uh, somebody who got an, uh, a political appointment after spending tens of thousands of dollars on Hunter's art? He goes, yes. Okay. That happened behind closed doors. Now, if you just have to filibuster for five minutes until you get to a Democrat, Georges Burgess never comes out and tells the truth about the corruption that continues with this mutant child, Hunter Biden. This guy, even after the embarrassment of the laptop, the allegations about the international business dealings is still scamming as a bad artist. Do you understand how bad this is? So that's why you go behind closed doors. And maybe maybe James Comer on a Newsmax interview said, I'll take him anyway. Well, that's not, you know, that maybe is sloppy. But if you're Abby Lowe, you go out there and do a masterstroke. But guess what happened? Uh, Frank, I was sitting there. You were talking about flat screens before. I was in uh, this D.C. office. The studios are beautiful. They had six flat screens up and no sound. And every one of them was covering Hunter Biden. Do you know how we would have covered Hunter Biden's uh, 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 session to see if they were going to uh, pull them in contempt? We would have ran a soundbite from a reporter. But now six networks ran that story. And then people say, honey, what exactly did Hunter do? Why is he in the news? What is going on? And do you think the president of the United States, who can't control his defense secretary, has no idea, even has cancer, disappears for two weeks, doesn't call him. He has his own staff protesting against him and his own son sensationalizing a story that we all know leads right back to him. Now they say that his 
never benefited financially <laughs> from his son's business dealings. First, he knew nothing it, about it. It has evolved quite a bit, that story. Brian, I have to run, uh, but uh, if people aren't interested in the Chiefs, or even if they are, they should break away for an hour for One Nation with Brian Kilmeade, because you have a guest, a very big guest this weekend. I'm not sure he's ever been on the show before, but I understand that my friend Sid Rosenberg is actually going to be appearing yes. with you this weekend. Thank goodness. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Time. Uh, Sid's gonna, we're going to be live Saturday. Yes, thank and you. And the other thing, because Trump rally. And number two is just some news. Uh, after Christmas, uh, Booker T went back on the bestseller list. Ah, congratulations. Uh, so, no doubt so these appearances in my encouraging story. people to purchase that. So this uh, the, your show is a powerhouse. But, Every I have more people tell me about you being on your show and Sid's show than my show. Well, so I gotta I gotta uh, I gotta change that. that. That's so what you people get in New York. That's what you get show. for uh, hanging around with all these uh, late night drunks, Brian. Brian, thank you. Uh, as as always, have a good uh, day and weekend. Check him out on Fox and Friends, One Nation, and of course on his radio show.